0: Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Kitchen Quarantine, I believe this is officially part 12. We've been on a little hiatus, which is actually a good thing, it means Jeremy, myself, and everybody was getting back to a little bit of normalcy on the weekends, so our kind of standing, basically like 11 week in a row, Friday night Kitchen Quarantine podcast, took about a four or five week break. But we are back. It's the peak of summer. It's the heat waves are everywhere across the country. Jeremy's going to talk about some uh, hot food hacks, some you know, preparing cold dishes, preparing food, getting yourself out of a hot kitchen, over or away from a hot stove, away from a hot grill, but making sure you make delicious food in peak summer during heat waves, etc. Here comes the theme song: "Filibuster Freestyle." Kitchen quarantine with Man Cook Goods, Jeremy Johnson. Filibuster, filibuster, freestyle. Watch out for the filibuster! 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 Freestyle! Filibuster freestyle! It's the filibuster freestyle! Filibuster freestyle! Oh yeah, ladies and gents, the far afield we finally got it together, twelfth edition of Kitchen Quarantine. Jeremy Johnson, man, cook good. The West Coast. Are you in the Subaru Sound Booth, Jeremy? Oh, you know I am. God bless you. Subaru Sound Booth, unofficial sponsor of the week. It's not even a real thing, but it also is a real thing. So, really quickly, want to set the stage. It is the middle of summer. It is probably hot wherever you are in the world listening to this, unless you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And then, you know what? Just save this one for January, okay? Anyway, we're going to talk about, you know, cold dishes, Some preparation hacks to get yourself out of a hot kitchen, away from a hot stove. We're going to get there. Uh, JJ's got a bunch of stuff lined up. He did mention that he may let a few curses fly this week. And you know what? It's been a little while. That's okay. And in the interim, since we had Jeremy last on for Part 11 of Kitchen Quarantine, I did a a trifecta trilogy pod with Roscoe P. of Drilling Threes. And one of uh, our pundits out in L.A., out there with Jeremy, Tana Prosper, and Tana is the only person in the history of the show, she's been on three times now, who I've never asked to not swear. And so my rule starting today will be if you live in Los Angeles in the years 2020 and you want to let a few fly, you can, which means parents who might be listening to this with their children, you've been warned, JJ, feel free to let the freak flag fly. Then use any F-word you want after that. Well, not any, but you can use the F-word.
1: Right, I just need
0: one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I want to start. You gave me a lot of notes, but you the one thing that you wrote was you have a surprisingly aggressive take on gazpacho. I want to start there. So why don't you, why don't you either ease, ease in or dive into that one? You know, fuck gazpacho. <laughs>
1: I have never had a gazpacho that I enjoyed. Okay. It tastes like shitty salsa. Mm. It's just this watered down, and, like, it's this thing that, like, it's, like, a lazy, summer, mediocre restaurant dish that people get all fired up about, and then you eat it, and it sucks. Mm. Um, cold dishes generally, uh, the flavor profile of whatever you're eating is muted, you know, so not only are you eating this, like, watery, 2 onion salsa... But you're also, um, you know, getting muted flavors. And then people try to get cute with, like, cantaloupe and, like, I mean, go to hell. <laughs> I can I can imagine that, like, the gazpacho of Seville, Spain, for instance, it's not some grainy puree or some watery pico de gallo wannabe. It's like, a, it almost looks like a Manhattan clam chowder. It's a creamy, luscious looking I've never had it but it's like a its a beautiful looking kind of like orange creamsicle uh, bisque color and it's got a ton of olive oil in it so it's just luxurious on the tongue but I've never been to Seville and whenever I've ordered gazpacho I've regretted it and I just kind of gave up on it a few years ago I was like forget it who cares about gazpacho so If it's too hot and you think you want to make gazpacho because you're breaking your quarantine rules and you're having people over and you want to show them something in the beginning, look up the New York Times cooking um, recipe for gazpacho. And other than that,
0: don't bother. Just make salsa and serve some nice chips. Yeah, which, by the way, people are going to like better nine times out of ten anyway. You did stumble upon... At least one fake band name of the week. I think they're probably a wedding band, um, though more of like an alternative. We don't really care about our wedding wedding band in terms of formality. Their name is Go to Hell Gazpacho, and it's just a great name for a band. So I need to point that out. <laughs>
1: Let's just put it on the list. Uh, I'm sure you're keeping track of all these, right? This just like your, you know, a flip a day calendar in the making.
0: Yeah, at some point, our, our buddy Marky Sal is going to design fake T-shirts for all these fake bands, and yeah, we'll we'll do a we'll do a wall calendar. We'll do a desk calendar. We definitely are probably approaching 365 fake band names that have been mentioned on this show. Being that this is episode 364, so we're probably well over that actually. Because uh, you know we're good for about two an episode. So anyway, yeah, we're we're gonna merchandise real soon for uh, in honor of the fifth year anniversary of the show, and also in honor of the you know the the economy imploding. So who knows? I might have to do this full time. Who knows? Um, I don't want
1: to derail anything, but that is, um, you know, uh, dramatically close to the amount of millions of dollars that Mookie Betts just got from the Dodgers for a 12-year deal for $365 million with an M dollars.
0: Yep, that's definitely, uh, you know...
1: So glad we didn't try to sign him for that because that is insane.
0: Right, right, and I'll tell you what: we're this might not be your only podcast of the week. I might do a triumvirate pod with you and Andrew Patterson because that's big news. It's not. Oh
1: man, I'd love to talk some baseball with Andrew Patterson, especially considering opening day is tomorrow.
0: Yeah, well you know what? Maybe we should we should throw something together for the weekend. And since everybody's on quarantine, I just checked, and Andrew's probably free.
1: <laughs> You know what I'm not mad at and I don't hate at all, which is also called Ceviche. Oh ceviche, okay.
0: you went right into my next thing. I love it. It's so good.
1: Ceviche is just the showstopper. It's the opposite of people get it. oh my god, it's the opposite. It just it, it's just flooding your mouth with flavor, it just pops. There's so many different ways you can go with it. If you don't live near a beautiful seafood place or you don't want to spend a ton of money on great fish, you just go and buy some nice peeled and deveined shrimp and you mix you know, you put it in a non-metal bowl with lime juice and lemon juice and orange juice and some salt Hmm. and you chop up some tomatoes and some like peppers and if you don't want to like, you know, impress your guests with your, you know, heat And get some Fresno chilies. They look like red jalapenos. It's a nice, mild heat. If nobody can handle anything, if you're ultra gringo, do some bell peppers or Mm. some of those long, skinny Anaheim chilies. And just de-seed them and chop them in a little itty-bitty squares. And put some fresh herbs in there, like cilantro and, of course, some onion. And get into some sort of, like, jicama or, like, an apple situation. Something crispy and crunchy to offset all that like you know the sweetness of the jicama or or the Granny smith will offset a lot of that acidity i love using a little bit of orange juice with my lime juice too because again it just balances out some of that sharpness
0: that's a nice idea
1: it's the easiest thing you can do I, i would do like you know like you know two parts lime juice you know a half part to a one part orange juice or like equal parts lemon and lime juice and then like you know half of that and orange juice nothing you don't want it to taste like orange juice you just trying to neutralize yeah. the, the punch of the lime um i can't recommend enough if you're making a bunch of it just spending like the 20 dollars on a juicer like a citrus juicer because if you buy that like oaxacan grandmother lime press that metal thing man you better have some beefy forearms, because you're going to be hurting by your like, 15th or 16th five. I've been there. I've got pretty big hands and good grip strength, and I've been like shaking my head and
0: muttering to myself over, like, why didn't I just buy the juicer? Get the juicer. Go go get the juicer. Splurge. So I bought the
1: juicer. It sits in my cabinet. It comes out like five times a year. It's worth every penny.
0: Yeah, you know, you, it's, it's like a tuxedo. If you buy a tuxedo, you wear it three times. It pays for itself. Same with the juicer, you know?
1: The thing with shrimp is this kind of like uncooked, you know, decent quality, peeled and deveined shrimp is available pretty much nationwide. You know, it's hard. Like I've made I've made ceviche with like, you know, a uh, line caught yellowtail that my friend caught down in Baja. And it's like incredible. And that's that's the kind of fish you should be making ceviche with is if it's like a really beautiful piece that you want to celebrate i wouldn't swing by shaw's or star market or (laughs) ralph's or whatever and like dig into their seafood counter and grab some like gummy looking cod or something or even salmon i'm not really into salmon for ceviche i would either go special occasion with my my fresh fish or I would just go with some shrimp, shrimp and make salisa. a shrimp
0: yeah absolutely and buy
1: some nice tortilla chips don't get your you know Tostitos seek out your ethnic market find your good tortilla chips or better your tostada shells that are just like deep fried whole tortillas and um you know have your avocado and yeah
0: go to town and, and that
1: just that just brings me straight to my next point and my second half ball of night is like fucking fruit is awesome right now dude like (laughs) mangoes are popping peaches are on fire so like get into that situation with some mango on top of your your ceviche with your you know your avocado and your your beautifully fresh mango that even like people in like canada can get a fresh mango right now (laughs) um peaches like eat every peach you see right now because they're about to suck again you've only got a short window of peaches yeah now is the time um if you got if you got a grocery store, that knows what they're talking about at all in the produce section, and they've got a bunch of peaches and nectarines out, and you're playing on um, you know slicing it, doing anything but eating it you know hand to mouth, ask the guy or the gal if it's free stone or not. If it's free stone, that means you can just cut it, pop out the pit, and you can just cut it into pieces and it's super neat. If it's not free stone, you have these peaches. We all have. Where you gotta like scrape it with your front teeth to get all the meat off of the pit. Mm. And when you try to like cut that and do like beautiful things on the grill or, or even just chop it into anything but just this mealy mushy mess that you just mangle with a paring knife or your own fingers, your nasty fingernails digging in the peaches everyone's gonna get into. That's the ones that are not free stone. So you want, if possible, freestone peaches. But you know, I mean, if you never cut a mango, do a quick little Google. Find out how to cut it properly. Put some mango out. Put some fresh herbs on top of the herbs. Already mix in with the ceviche. Yeah. Go and buy like the the Incan corn nuts. Not the corn nuts that like should have their own section on the bus or the plane. But the corn nuts that they're like these massive corn nuts that um like Peruvian people put on their ceviche that are just like all of the crunchy salty corn flavor that you can. It's like pound for pound the most crunchy, salty, corny flavor you can get and it's a great counterpunch to that lime and that fish flavor and everything. Wow. Like so set you know, even get corn nuts. I mean, just get the plain ones. Don't go ranch on this one, all right? Yeah. For but you sure. set out your little bowls and everyone has their scoop of this, their scoop of that. You got your corn tortilla chips, you got your corn nuts, you got your cilantro, you got your mango, your peach. Oh, my God. Your oven never came on. Your stove never came on. You didn't even have to start the fire in the grill.
0: Yet you have a delicious meal. I actually had ceviche. Uh, we went out Sunday night, outdoor dining only, place called Gray's Hall. They opened a month before the pandemic, so luckily they're tied to a different deli, so they're, they made it through. But, but their ceviche, dynamite on Sunday, so shout-out to Gray's Hall. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, like... Can you make it yourself? Yes. Do you need to turn your stove on? No. By the way, Jeremy also told me in his laundry list of, uh, or his shopping list of food today, peaches, peaches, peaches. He wrote it three times. So you know it's the moment. JJ, why are peaches going to suck again? Just a seasonal thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, fruit is good a certain time of year. Yeah. Now, some fruit we figured out how to grow all around the country, and it keeps swell, and it transports well. And, you know, so we're used to having apples all year, you know, for instance. And they, they, they get pretty mealy in the beginning of the summer. But, like, nobody really notices because whatever, it's an apple. And sometimes you have an apple, you're like, wow, this is a good apple, you know. But <laughs> most of the time, it's just an apple. Yep, um, yep. But, like, a peach, like a peak summer peach. I, I've, I've taken some bites of peaches where I'm like, you know, maybe it's all going to work out. Like, if something can taste this good. And be this pure. Maybe we're gonna get through this, you know.
0: It's a nice way to look at it. Um I, I hope I hope you're right. So let me do this. I'll go I'll go to I'll go to shellfish. Let's talk about shellfish in the summertime.
1: Well, like look. Two of my favorite things in the entire world
0: are grilled bread. Yes.
1: Which you slather with like olive oil or butter. Yes. If you're feeling cute, slather in butter. And you grill it on a hot, hot flame, and you end up with, like, that charred blackened edges thing, like the grill marks, but then you need something to put on top of it, or you need something to dip in it, and my favorite thing in maybe the world is, like, the the, the white wine, garlic, butter, shallot, shellfish broth that um, you often steam clams and mussels in. It's you know, perfect. You it's perfect. either get it with french fries or grilled bread or right. hopefully both. And, you know, they just go hand in hand. But, now, making shellfish, lovely. You gotta turn on your stove, though, if you're gonna do it, on, you got you know, you gotta do it on the on the range. And, you know, it only takes a few minutes and you just steam them until they open and there's a whole cleaning process and whatever. But, you can also just throw them on the grill. You know that?
0: Yep. Okay. I did not know that. <clears throat> so you
1: just take, like, your clams and mussels, and you clean them up. You run them under, like, fresh water to get all the gritty out. If they're good mussels, especially mussels, they'll have, like, beards on them if they're wild-caught. Um, farmed ones do, too, but they're just not as aggressive, the beards. You just pull them into the into the corner, so you just snap them off, you know. Um, and... You just rinse them out, and if they, like, if they feel kind of like, like, if they don't, like, react to the water or they just feel just kind of literally dead, like, you can kind of feel, it's like how you know if a ball is dead or not, you know? Like, it's just got a certain feeling to it. Yeah, You want them to be live when you throw them on there, but you just put them on the grill and maybe, like, melt, like, in, like, a, a little pan, like, some butter and put some garlic and fuse the garlic in there some like herbs and you know just melt down the side and have a bunch of fresh citrus lemons and limes maybe like get saucy with some sort of spicy horseradish thing you really want to get fancy like take the rest of that jicama and chop it up in little e-bitty cubes or and you just you just grill them until they pop open it only takes a few minutes and once they open They're cooked, and you take them off, reserve them, you pop the shell off, and then you're kind of in, like, a visual situation like oysters. Yep. And, you know, again, you just plop a bunch of good stuff on top of it, and you slurp it down. And the good thing about grilling it is, like, you know, they're kind of good when they're grilled a little more than you're used to having them when they come out of the steam. Yep. Like, they kind of have that, like, you know, bivalve gelatin kind of vibe going down at the viscousness of it all but if you're grilling it you can you know do it like medium medium well even and they're not terrible like there's there's a different flavor profile to it and if you're getting any smoke involved or charcoal involved and you're not doing it on a propane grill um you're infusing that flavor in it the more it's on there um You know, that's where we talked about this in a recent pod where I talked about the two-zone fire. Yes. That would be a great time to have a two-zone fire if you're on a charcoal grill where you have all your heat on one side of the kettle, and then on the other side you've got, you know, your mussels and your clams. and. That way it's getting all that smoke and it's getting all the indirect heat, but it, it takes a little while to happen so you can infuse it for longer, if you know what I mean, instead of like having a super violent heat that yeah. just pops the thing open and now you gotta eat it or it's gonna be overdone. Um and get messy with it. Put on a big platter and just like dump a bunch of herbs on it and just pour your buttery, oily, garlicky sauce on it and you know, put your sweet stuff on it. Get into, like, tomatoes and, like, just whatever, man. Like, just plop it all on there, grill some bread, and just, like, wash your hands later. You're going to get messy <laughs> up to your elbows. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Bring a bib, you know, bring a napkin, and let it rip. But that's a great meal again. Um, you can't be bread, again, like dipping.
1: outdoors. Let me ask you something. Oh, yeah. When you were a kid, maybe... This cultural experience I have isn't as shared as as I think. So let me just quiz you on this. In the Viano family home, when you were a kid, when you had corn on the cob and it was 98 degrees out with 90% humidity, how did the family prepare it?
0: Well, I remember it being cold. Cold? Uh, Like, you know, I remember it being like uh, we'd leave it out. I feel like it was... I feel like we would f- like wrap it in tin foil and grill it, and then let it sit and then eat it.
1: Smart. So in my house, and I've spoken to other people, I've heard this. It was this huge pot of boiling water. Oh, on the hottest day of the year. <laughs> Peaches, 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 but, like, it's also corn, 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 and tomato, 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 tomato right now. Yes. You're not going to have a better tomato than you have right now, and you're not going to have better corn than you are right now, because whatever corn you buy, wherever you are in the country, everybody seems to think they have the best corn, okay? And the reason why is because it's growing right down the road. It's fresh. Right now.
0: Yeah. Okay? So,
1: like, in my family, when we had corn growing up, it's the hottest day of the year. We got a huge pot of boiling Throw it in water. the
0: kettle, yeah.
1: It's filling the entire house with steam. And everybody's sweating their ears off. And you throw the corn in and you boil the crap out of it. And then you, like, you know, think you can't even touch it. It's like white lava.
0: Yeah, it's super hot. It takes 45 minutes to cool down.
1: Everybody's just burning their face and their fingers. They got butter dripping down their chin. And I've had it like in life, that. I realized, like, why did we do that? Yeah, like, yeah. It's so much better grilled. You can do what your family did, where you wrap it in tin foil. You can also just take the ears of corn in the husk, soak it in the cold water in the sink or a pot or a cooler or whatever for as long as you want. Ten minutes, half hour, an hour, it doesn't matter. You infuse the husk and the silk with the water, and then you throw the whole thing on the grill. Hmm. And that boils and steams from the inside out. Oh, that's cool. It's great it idea. also keeps warm for a long time, so you can throw that in, like wrap it in a towel or put it in a pot, cover cover it, and you just move on to the next dish, and that just sits there like in its own deliciousness. It's not going to overcook because it's now just its own residual heat, and or you can just peel it right there, and you know every husk and piece of silk you pull off, it gets a little easier to handle, and um, you know then you then you do your butter and your salt and whatever, but like. That can all happen outside. Suns, the giant boiling pot of water in the house. Yeah. in the hottest day of the year.
0: That is a big New England move, though. I do feel like when we would go to Cape Cod, and and speaking of hot, you would stick like 20 people in a three-bedroom house, because why the hell not? Right. They would always make the corn that way. So I feel you.
1: Yeah. You know, and if you're doing like the full like lobster boil or whatever, you got to have the boiling water if you're going to do the the corn, red potato, sausage, or, you know, hot dog, kibasa thing with the lobster. Like, you got to do that. And, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd try and do it outside on a side burner or something. But if you're having lobster, it's okay. But if you're just making some corn, first of all, you probably want to be grilling whatever else you're making anyway. Right. So, who's got time to be standing in the kitchen when you've got your ribeye ready to go on the fire?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And never mind
1: the sweat element. Just grill it. Yeah. So. Just grill it. I like it. Now, tomatoes, dude. Tomatoes, right now. I'm a tomato snob. I don't buy them. I buy, like, cherry and grape tomatoes all year. Yep. And then, like, this time of year, I just, like, go bananas. We have tomatoes, like, left and right. Like, around here... They're, they're, they're just about to hit peak season, and they're just ridiculous. Um, this is the time that if you decide you're going to grow tomatoes, they're popping off. You're probably wondering, what am I getting with all these tomatoes? Tomatoes and corn are friends. Tomatoes and ceviche are friends. Uh, just blistering up some tomatoes with some garlic and pouring it over some pasta, friends. <laughs> um, friends!
0: Friends!
1: You don't wanna you know, I mean, unless you're like you got a whole operation going, don't even think about trying to can it, you know. And if you are gonna make tomato sauce out of fresh tomatoes, do your homework. You probably got a family recipe anyway. But the best thing I can tell you with that is to freeze it in portions you're gonna use. Don't take a giant mason jar. Yeah, you're
0: not running a restaurant. Yeah.
1: Yeah, don't take a gallon bag of red sauce and put it in the freezer like take like four ladlefuls. put it in a quart bag let it mostly freeze lay it all out flat so you can just like store it it's like spines of a book Mm. you just you know put them vertical in your freezer you got like six fresh tomato sauces in the freezer waiting for you beautiful but if if you're anything like me I'm getting into like stinky cheeses and like sharp salty cheeses fetas and burratas and blue cheeses and you know, pops of salt and fresh tomato and olive oil and that grilled bread action. And I'm pulling herbs out of my garden and I'm smashing them up with a mortar and pestle with like oil and lemon and you know, yeah, salt. that's perfect. Like that's your dinner, man. Like yeah. maybe you got a little piece of chicken. Yeah. Or, or like this is the time of year to be having your meat be your side dish. Right. You go vegetable forward. Eat what's good. And, you know, like, just have, like, a little piece of meat on the side. Maybe split a steak with two people or something. You know, like, we don't need to be eating that much meat anyway. Yeah, you don't, you don't vegetables need vegetables are never better than this time
0: of year. Yeah, meat and potatoes, you know, if you want to do it, do it. But that's what the winter's for, for sure. And what you just described sounds lovely. I mean, it's friggin' lovely. Hey, here's something you had. Sweet drizzles.
1: Sweet drizzles? Talk
0: to me about sweet drizzles.
1: Well, like, you know, so you got your grilled bread, you smear some, like, goat cheese that you, like, whipped with a whisk. Just yes. to make it a little bit lighter. Absolutely. You, you put a big glob of that on there. You put, like, a shrimp or two, a big chunk of some juicy, perfect tomato, a piece of some peach, and then you just go with a little bit of honey or agave. Mm-hmm. And then you just put, like, half of that in your mouth, and you take a sip of, like, rosé. Or some like low test boozy thing that you whipped up yes and you're there man I mean it's like it's <laughs> summer
0: you're living summertime oh
1: my god I just want to do that like every day I want that to be my life
0: yeah I mean it can be for somebody somebody who's listening right now that can be your life you have the time take it I, your I, if I win the lottery
1: dude I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm already, family's already on a private flight to, like, the Tuscan region of Italy. Yeah. And if you're looking for me, I'm basically living two lives. This podcast, and then, like, we're going to, like, circle back and, like, talk around, you know, soup and stew season again. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be the other part of my year. It'll be, like, you know, light, low-test, boozy Cocktails and, and you know, cold wine and grilled bread and things like that with herbs and tomatoes and crab. and then like the other side of the year I'll be like making like rabbit stew and drinking Chianti and lasagnas and stuff. Like this is like this is the life that I should be living. I should just that should be my existence. So I should just be like working for like the salami sopraceta guy, learning <laughs> the, the art. You know, six-hour days or three-hour lunches and, you know, studying under the prosciutto master. Yes. And then I go home and I, I make dinner for whatever friends I flew in with my $75 million jackpot. And then we just do that.
0: And, like, repeat. And it's fantastic.
1: That's life. I mean, with people that you love and laughter and, like, old friends and family... And like bites of like salty, earthy, sweet, crunchy, ah, oh, chewy. Like there, with a nice sip of like rosé. Like oh my god, July. What July should be.
0: Yes, it should taste like July. Hey, I'm um, not growing
1: up July. I'm not pounding natty lights doing keg stands. You know. Right.
0: Yeah, we're not getting we're not getting steamed hot dogs from the Blarney Stone. Rest in peace to the Blarney Stone, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Finally closed down. But the bottom line is, yeah, that was fun to get free popcorn and dollar hot dogs. But you know what? You know, you got to evolve.
1: Yeah, I mean, we grow up. And know, what you, you start just to appreciate we, the finer things in life, you get a little bit more scratch. Yeah. And you don't have to buy the cheapest thing on the shelf. And you start wondering, like, you know maybe that is more expensive because it tastes better. Yeah.
0: And here's a spoiler alert. You can still listen to One More Time by Daft Punk. You're just not doing it in the Blarney Stone. You're doing it in Tuscany or wherever the hell you live. It's great.
1: Speaking of boozy cocktails. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, what's up with the boozy cocktails? Absolutely. I've
1: been getting into this like with our like... Let's go. Our beautiful like, um, you know, we got our little family pods that we've like been kicking it with a little bit here and there just trying to like Keep it normal. Get some sort of like socializing in and this beautiful weather and our whole cooking thing. Yes. And I'll take like, you know, for instance, like a rosé, which is like a, like a cold, low-test wine. I'll take a whole bottle of it. I'll take a, a liter of club soda. Okay, so there's your start with mm-hmm. a ton of ice. Okay. And then, like, you put in like uh, that, like expensive peach juice they have at the liquor store these days. Yeah. Or um, a ginger beer, or um, pineapple juice, and then you put in like apérol, or yes, like tequila or rum, and just a little bit of that. I mean, we're yeah, not talking a about something people are gonna get a drink. I want something people can drink all day long. Yeah. And they don't get sloppy. Yeah. And you basically take a glug of the liqueur or the liquor, and a whole bottle of the wine, and a whole bottle of the club soda, and a whole bottle of the like the ultra, you know, sweet punch juice. And you throw in some fresh fruit, and some you know you ask your friend if they've grown a basil plant or a mint plant out in the yard or whatever. And you rinse those leaves off, and you muddle them all up, and you throw them in there with it. And then like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours later, you repeat because you bought two of everything. And that one pitcher is not going to last. Uh, you know, the second one will last a little longer because people, you know, it does have booze in it, but yeah, it's, and not, it's,
0: sweet, it's, it's not sweet. It's tart. Heavy. Yeah.
1: You're not doing shots of Jameson. <laughs> You're sipping on something yummy. It's refreshing. You don't get super dehydrated. It's not that sugary. Even though there's sugar in it, there's a lot of liquid in there. You know, the club soda, the melting ice. Right. It's a really nice thing to hold in your hand in the summer when you're about to take your crusty grilled bread with your shrimp and your chimichurri and your sh- drizzle of sweetness. You take a bite of that. You take a sip of your, your little boozy like cocktail. Use LaCroix. Oh, yeah. Club soda. A little, you know, like,
0: little pop of taste right there.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm kind of into this boozy Lacroix vibe with the White Claws and the Truly's and stuff. Like,
0: yeah, it's just I, I tell it's you, yellow, man, no, it's, I, not,
1: it's not a big
0: deal. No, it's all good. I think I think to your point, um, I'm definitely a fan of. I want to mix my own Truly. Like, I want to take my Trader Joe's soda water or my my Stop and Shop soda water. You know, seltzer. And I want to mix my own vodka with it, but I get it. Like, I'm in. I understand why White Claw's a thing, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's all I do all summer. Like, I will make anything in vodka work. Uh, Limes, lemons, oranges, you know, jalapenos. I'll tell you what, my favorite drink this past Memorial Day literally was just doing Tito's with some soda water and just fresh-cut jalapenos. Um, oh, I like that. Excellent. Just an excellent way to kick off the summer. It was light. Um, you know, you could put as much water and ice in it as you wanted to kind of offset the Tito's. The jalapeno, you know, it just, like you said, it infuses. You can eat it. <laughs> if you eat it, you get off your rocker a little bit. It was great. It was fantastic. So I get it. Totally get it.
1: I've been at, um, I've been at Mexican family barbecues where you have like ice, tequila. Yeah, You squeeze a half a lime into it and then throw the, you know, half of the fruit in there. Yeah. Um, a jalapeno or slices of jalapeno. A million percent. And either salt on the rim or a pinch of salt in it. Done. Oh, it's nice.
0: So oh. great. It's so refreshing. It does the trick. Have
1: you ever had Sculpin Habanero? You ever had Sculpin? Uh, it's a San Diego brewery yes. that got bought by Inbef. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So they're, they're really good and they used to be even better. But... um. They have a, a varietal a habanero, and the stuff should be illegal, man, because it's it gives you that little.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it gives you that little throat. that little thing in your car. Yeah, exactly.
1: And you, you need to drink a little more because you get the little.
0: <clears throat> and then it gets so you hammered. Yeah, you
1: drink a little more and you get some more, and next thing you know you're addicted. Yep. Not just to the booze.
0: Yeah, but I'll tell you, I to the, to the <clears throat> I really. <clears throat> I really enjoyed Scalpins before I moved south five years ago because New England's a really good place for a, a Scalpin in the summer. North Carolina is just too damn hot for that. You can't be having a jalapeno cough when it's 90 degrees and 90% humidity, you know, but it's a great it's beer. So you got into the ice and the vodka
1: and the homemade, yeah. you know, yeah.
0: yeah. And then, you know, you get, your, you get your, your Yeti cup and you fill it with ice and it stays cold for 27 hours and you just live that dream for a while. But yeah. In a New England summer, like how it was here today, I could drink four jalapeno scallops and feel great about it. Absolutely, it could. just blew my
1: mind with the Yeti cup because, like, I just quit drinking for like a month to mentally prepare myself to go back to work and like sure. get my whole like vibe ready to go. And I was getting a little sloppy in June and depressed and boozing too much. <laughs> and I like to I like to drink club soda with some lime at night while I'm watching T V and just get all that icy refreshing ness and the bubble the bubbles and everything just without the booze. Yes. And my problem is that I fill my glass all the way with ice and by the time I drink my last, you know, cup of club soda, it's um it's just the soda. The ice is all melted. Right.
0: Yeah, you gotta go yeti I've
1: this yeti like thing for my coffee that I use once in a while. That I should just switch to that.
0: Yep, and Yeti. my whole game changes. Yep. So, so a couple hacks here for people. So, Yetis, especially in the South, are used as much for iced coffee and iced beverages as they are to keep your coffee hot up in the North. So, I actually, yeah, I've got multiple Yetis. You know, I, I keep my my hot coffee and you know, like Yetis will keep it hot or keep it cold. So, whatever you want it to do, it will do it for you. It'll do it for you longer. And the other hack is. I believe, and this is is definitely talking out of school, and I don't have the facts, but apparently the person who started Arctic Brand got divorced from one of the Yeti guys, and but owns the patent too, and sells it for like forty percent of the price, same quality. So if you don't have a Yeti budget, get an Arctic. Yeah, I've heard that. So anyway, a couple unofficial sponsors of the week. But that's what you got to do there. Uh, JJ, I've
1: got three things left. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, So, um, real quick. A lot of people get excited. They start growing an herb garden. You, know, you don't know what to do with it. You don't want to go full hippie mom with the, you know, the basil hanging from the windowsill and trying to dry it. And, oh, I'm going to use it in the winter. You're not.
0: You're not. You, you got to just mix those
1: herbs together with, like, green onion or chive or, you know, shallots or whatever. And the zest of lemon where you, like, You run the lime or lemon across the cheese grater and get just like the little bits off the, you know, the peel and a bunch of salt and a bunch of olive oil. And you make these like salsa verdes or chimichurris or gremoladas, whatever continent you're from. They've got a use for all those herbs that are just coming in like crazy right now. And the nice thing is you can really punch them up with flavor nice. make them very salty garlicky citrusy oily and then you just spoon them out over your your meat or your potatoes or your grilled veggies so instead of like getting into some sort of like long Marinating thing, you're just like Mr. Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. and then you've got your little mason jar with your herbs that you just harvested and turned into this jar of deliciousness. Yeah. And you spoon it over whatever you've got going on, and then you say, "Yeah, I mean, I grew these herbs, and they're incredible." <laughs> and you don't have to feel bad about like letting them all go to waste because you're you were really ambitious when you planted them, and now they're all coming in, and, you know, you don't want to waste them, and you do anyway. Put them all into a food processor or mortar and pestle. Keep playing with the salt and the oil. Underdo the garlic. You know, just like one clove of garlic goes a long way, even a half of one. Really get into the lemon zest, a little bit of this juice, not too much, but a little bit helps preserve it. And keep playing with it until it tastes like, mm, like it makes your, like, eyebrows go up a little bit. And then put the jar, the lid on it, throw it in the fridge, use it for the next couple weeks, get a few servings out of it, and then you feel like you used up all your herbs. Number two, toasted nuts. Toasted nuts. I'm not going to get into how great salads are, although everything I'm talking about applies to salads too. You want your crispy, you want your crunchy, you want your sweet, you want your, your funky, You want to play with all that stuff as much as you can, whether it be vinegar or cheese or lemon juice or, you know, whatever. The principles are the same. But the best thing you can do to really, like, jazz up your salad is to toss some almonds or something and a little bit of olive oil and salt and, like, put them in your toaster oven or in your oven on a real low heat. And when they go go too far, it happens quick. So keep an eye on it, five, 10 minutes tops. You just want to toast a little bit. It brings that flavor that nut out. It makes it a little bit crunchy and less chewy. And then you just either sliver it up or you just throw it in whole into your salad. And that's, you're one step closer to your salad being a meal. You throw in some, like, salami and some cheese and some toasted nuts and maybe a couple of raisins or some pepperoncinis or something, and now you've got, like, a full lunch. You know, it gets you a good, like, four hours before you get peckish again. (laughs) Number three, and I just discovered this, and I don't know, maybe I'm late, but this just kind of blew my mind. Um, Like, so, like, in Sweden is where this vibe started, and, you know, they know what they're doing with convenience and um, economic packing. Yes. Um, they're also similar to Boston and the Northeast. You've only got, like, you know, 42 nice days a year. Um, so when it's nice out, you just go running outside. Sun's closed. You just get out of the house. Yep. we got to go outside. <laughs> now... You know those, like, roasting pans that you, like, you know, you buy a lot of during, like, Thanksgiving time? Yeah, of course. You know, disposable roasting pans? They'll just take, like, a little, like, steel or aluminum grate that you buy from, like, a Home Depot or something and, like, fill that roasting pan with charcoal. Okay. And, like, bring it to the park. or anywhere dude
0: the rooftop and they just turn it into a grill don't they a little hibachi
1: yeah and you take like a rag like soaked in like lighter fluid or something you put it at the bottom of it and you like light it and then you sift it a little bit and you've got like like, an hour and a half of like mellow flame like a nice stable heat an hour and a half you could do a baked potato (laughs) yeah you don't need an hour and a half most of the time
0: yeah not at all
1: but, like, you don't have a grill or you don't want to be dealing with that, like, pedestal-style thing that's, like, filled with, like, six other people's ash and, like, uh, where do I put it when I'm done and how do I put all this out and, like, it's COVID, so I don't really want to touch either. Like, they have, they sell these online, so you could buy one for, like, 20 bucks. but, like, you could make your own. Or, like, mm-hmm. you buy one and you, like, figure out the thing.
0: And then you make it and, your own from now on, yeah.
1: And then you, like, reuse the grate and just make your own over and over again. But, like, you could, like, have a few skewers. You could grill a steak, a couple of things of veggies. And your little rooftop, like, vibe you got going over, over there in South Boston.
0: Yep. this got a grill. You guys
1: pick it with your grill, veggies and your skewers. And you don't have to lug some grill up there. You don't have to store it in the wintertime, you know. I don't know what the oppressive Massachusetts Boston police thing is with, like, homemade combusting devices in the park is. But I have a feeling you could probably get away with it. It's not like they're around there checking people's tins. Correct. And, I mean, what's better than that? And then when you're done, you, you're know, done. you light it, you go play some Frisbee. And then you throw your food on there and you cook it. And then when you're done, while you're sitting on your blanket, socially distance, of course. Of course. You can like just let that thing go out and then you take your grate off to use it next time. And you ball the thing up because it's cool by now. And you throw it in the trash.
0: Done and dusted, as they say in the U.K. Done and dusted. That's That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Had no idea. That
1: thing blew my mind, man. I was like, wait, what?
0: Yeah, no, I, I've never seen it. It makes all the sense in the world. As you were describing it, I was like, this makes a ton of sense to me. And I'm in, and now I got to just figure out how I'm going to try it.
1: I love how close you are to the coals, uh, too. It's almost like a, an Armenian uh, kebab grill. Yeah. Where it's like a rectangle. Yeah. And the grates are really close to the fire. so you can get, like, all that real nice charring action with the direct heat. Mm -hmm. And this thing's even so small, you can just kind of, like, sift a little bit to the side because, like, aluminum doesn't conduct heat really well. Right. So, like, you could like, just kind of grab it with your fingers on the side that's farthest away from all the hot and just kind of sift the coals to the left and then just move your thing over to the right and, like, you know, throw some foil over it if you need it to, like, just get a little bit more, like, heat on the inside of whatever you're cooking. It's just super basic and just like it's it's kind of just elementary and and I think everybody should start doing it until they outlaw it
0: exactly. And then, you know what? Someone will just make it you know again, like you said, you can buy them. they'll just find they'll find a way. they'll the small yeah. the small tin grill lobby will hit d c hard, and the next thing you know they'll be legal, you know
1: the Department of Homeland Security will come, the frogmen will come, they'll take your grill <laughs> away, but you still get to keep your meat.
0: That's right. It's all about the meats. So that's awesome. I tell you what, that's, I think, a great, a great place to leave it. Um, part 12 in the books. Fantastic job, as always, by JJ. It's peak summer. Summer tips. If you want to use a kettle to make your corn on the hottest day of the year inside, you can still do it, or you can do it another way. That's the key to man cook good. JJ, here's what I'm going to do to make good on my on-air promise of a baseball season starting in July, Andrew Patterson Triumvirate Podcast. I'm going to leave this little breadcrumb for the folks who are listening, and we're going to bring it up on the next pod, which was your take that Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, is playing three-dimensional chess with Ben Affleck, and that's part of the reason he's buying the Mets with Robert Kraft and is married to J-Lo as part of the A-Lo connection, and you think it's to make up for the 2004 ALCS? Is that the premise?
1: Oh, this is absolutely a dig on all Red Sox fans. Um, you know, he, he went after J-Lo. Yep. He couldn't get Matt Damon's yep. lady. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, he went for the next best thing. And, uh, the whole, uh, Benifer thing, we thought it was dead and buried, but clearly it's not. She's, she's complicit. And, um. They're going after him, dude, and now they're going to buy the Mets. They're going to get Bob Robert and the Mister Crafts to invest some money, and they're going to buy the Mets. And A Rod and J Lo, A Lo, are going to completely bury Ben Affleck, who had to wear a Mets hat in Gone Girl, if you remember. I do. This is all. This is all like way above our head. They're going to. Okay, this be- is like forget about Russia, Iran, China, North Korea. Okay, <laughs> this is. All way above This
0: is the exercises. Illuminati. This is 3D chess. This is dunking on Ben Affleck 16 years later and buying the Mets.
1: Ben Affleck is like he's sitting in a room like his character in The Accountant right now. Yes, just planning his revenge.
0: Yes, and it will be sweet. I hope. But anyway, we will we will we will pick this up with Andrew Patterson because I would love to hear his mind explode as you bring it up. Um, stick around for a minute, JJ. We'll catch up. Everybody, follow Jeremy on Instagram at mancookgood. The IG's always popping. He's doing great work. Summertime's been looking great. I saw some really colorful, like, what was it, fish and cauliflower. And, what you, you know, that was ma- amazing looking the other night. JJ's got it going, so make sure you watch him there. Everybody else, you can follow the pod, filibuster Freestyle, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, the list goes on, filibusterfreestyle.com. JJ, thanks for being on, buddy.
1: Always a pleasure.